That's all right. That doesn't matter. I can just scoop it forward. Hello. <laughs> that was good. No, I forgot whose turn it was to introduce. <laughs> that was great. I think it's your introduction. Oh. <laughs> Hello, this is another episode of Different Times Podcast. I went really lightheaded then. Now I'm still feeling a bit lightheaded. I've got to lose some weight. I can't do that very often. Hi. You've gone pink. I don't feel well. You look like a lobster. What did I do that for? Probably because I'm holding in a poo as well. I said you could go. No, let's let's just move on. I think that that was I can wait quarter of an hour. (laughs) Quarter of an hour. An hour. This is Different Times Podcast. You are listening to me, Paul Podcast. And and to my left, it's Danny Different. I want to say hello to Daniel. Daniel, hello. You know what, mate? Hey, how you doing? Honestly, if you want to go for a poo, just go. I don't I don't think nor me nor the audience want to hear about this any longer. Okay. All right. Can I talk about mine or Yeah, how's that going? Great. Honestly, I didn't have any dinner last night. Oh no. Unless you can count, like, eight beers as dinner. You can't. And then I had some hash browns from McDonald's on the way in because I was hungry. Well, that counts as dinner. On the way in this morning. To, to oh, work. right, okay. And then my stomach, it just felt like I'd been punched in the tummy for, right. like, two hours. Okay. Six times in and out. I missed the sales meeting. <laughs> just made me fart. At one point, right, I was on the toilet, so I FaceTimed the sales group chat and yep. uh, listened while I was on the toilet. <laughs> I remember once you sent me a picture of you having a poo, and <laughs> that was so clear. And she was so furious. Uh, <laughs> Why? And then I did a picture of myself having a poo, and then knowing Claire would be furious, I still sent it to her. <laughs> she, she was so angry. She was like, this is the most disgusting thing. As I, yeah, just got those little memories of me and you having a poo. Well, should we start talking about music? Now? Poo chat. That's poo corner done. Thrash Corner, that's where I'm going to begin. We've never been straight to Thrash Corner before. Well, Thrash Corner, Exorda. Is that how you would pronounce that band's name? I'm still not sure why we're doing Thrash Corner at the start. Thrash, well, this is where it belongs. Fair enough. So, Thrash Corner, Morn... Go on. I've got my own corner coming up soon, so you watch out. Oh, you've got a thrash corner? No, not a thrash corner, my own corner. Oh, you've invented a new corner. Mate, we're going to have a whole square if we keep going. I like this. Okay. Exorder is uh, the the listen to. I had to get back into thrash corner. Done it now. Uh, Their new album is called Mourn the Southern Skies. They're on Nuclear Blast. And guess what town stroke city they're from? New Orleans. That's bloody good guess, mate. Yeah, it's same place as all them uh, awesome bands like I Hate God and Down and obviously many links to Pantera. So they're bucking the trend here by not being Southern 
groove metal there, thrash. Well, has it got a southern groove? Well, yeah. Tell us about it. Why don't I tell you? Uh, they are the originators of groove metal. What? 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 Why are they not in groove metal corner? Well, is be- it just that we haven't invented that corner? They started off as thrash, okay, and then they inserted groove within the grooves, and then just like Pantera on their first two records, I would say, big, big two records, not those glam ones. They mixed that sort of groovy style with thrash. There's no way you're telling me fucking hostile is a groove metal song, right? It's not happening. You're not going to tell me that, are you? You said I wasn't allowed, but it is. So, I can't remember actually ever hearing the music before. Have you ever heard even their name before? No. So, I remember the front covers, so I know they existed, but I never dug deep. Now, this is really interesting, right? Looking at Wiki, there's there's two sort of schools of thought here of why Exorder is sort of the, the unknown of the two. And they hate, they hate being compared to Pantera. The one thing I do remember from like reading about them many years ago is they said they hate being compared to Pantera, right? But you can't help it. They're from the same area and they sound like Pantera. Right, <laughs> so th- that's what happens. So, Wiki says that they're sort of known for being either the reason why they weren't successful is because they're either Pantera without the tunes, right, or Pantera without the budget. They're both harsh. I think a bit of both. I think a bit of both. I just think this doesn't match anything to do with Pantera and I know they're, if they're, they're listening to this I'm sorry to say there is similarities there are spot on similarities in places what elements the the crunch on the, gu- the guitars is so spot on it's like if you were trying to distance yourself from such a thing and fair enough if they invented it they invented it I don't know so you're saying Dimebag nicked their sound maybe or was influenced by maybe inspired by I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I wasn't there, man. I wasn't there. I don't well, know. Where the hell were you? <laughs> I was just listening to Black Flag, most probably, at this time. Uh, yeah, so... But I still gave it a listen. Now, the, the issue with this record, right, is it's well long. And I can't get... I think the music, right, is actually pretty great. I just can't get on with these lyrics. They swear, like... But like you know, like Paul, some... you are the most sweary human being I know. But that I other s- than myself, I swear sometimes with a reason behind it, rather than it just coming across as cheesy and like maybe trying to be hard, like give, given that we're hard, don't fuck with us sort of vibe, and that's what this comes across as. But it's just cheesy now this this singer he he clearly doesn't give a fuck about anything does not care and sometimes i do think it does serve a purpose when you're swearing and and when you're when you're angry but this just sounds like first band sort of sweary and this guy looking at the photos must be 50s must be in his 50s there's no need to be so cross no need He's, he's probably got grandkids now he should be thinking about them should be. Uh, so I'm going to listen to some Exorder on the way home. Do I want Slaughter in the Vatican or The Law? Slaughtering the Vatican is the first record. 
And so that's their Cowboys from Hell. <laughs> <That's>, yeah, <laughs> maybe. I mean, it's thrashier from what I've read. Okay, I'm going to go for the law then. Okay. Because that's their vulgar display of power. Exactly right. Brilliant. When they thrash, that's when Exorda excel. Like, there's a song on here called Beware the Wolf, and it's a great thrasher. Like, no doubt about it, it's a great thrash song. And my recommendation is if you are going to dig to a thrash album... This week, on our recommendation, I wouldn't bother with this. But if you just want a great song to bang your head to, then Beware the Wolf. You could do a lot worse, because I listened to a couple of other thrash albums this week, which I won't mention, which were piss, piss poor. So, yeah, Thrash Corner. Uh, this week is Exorder. Would I recommend? No. Oh, well, my new corner... Here we go. Is rap slash hip hop corner. Oh, what? Rap hip hop corner? Yeah. Okay, go for it. Um, these days, I find it hard to get into new rap artists. It all seems to me to be like mumble rappers with tattoos all over their faces, boasting about how much money they've got and how much guns they've got. Or really rich megastar, super famous rappers rapping about how rich they are and how much money they've got and what Ferrari they drive that sort of stuff. Yeah. I like my more down-to-earth rap. So I've got into a chap called Hobo Johnson. A chap? Fellow. Okay. <laughs> and apparently he lived in a car for a while. He was proper like down on his luck and then got a rap deal with a rap squad, whatever that means. Uh, and he had an album called The Rise of Hobo Johnson, which is pretty good. And now he's just released a new album called The Fall of Hobo Johnson. Uh, and it's different from a lot of um, modern rap closest thing i can think of to uh, do you remember the listener oh yeah sort of like chatty man yeah than rappy. exactly yeah um and it's really good it's not uh boastful or aggressive it's just sort of funny stories stream of conscious sort of stuff about what he's thinking about like there's a lovely one on there called Subaru Crossroad, which I think there's a video for if you want to go on the YouTube. Right. And it's just about how he's just bought this new Subaru car because he can't afford a Lamborghini yet and he doesn't want to show off, but a Subaru's nice. And he got, like, the extra suspension package and stuff like that. And it's sort of... <laughs> like I say, it's just good yeah, music. You like it because he's rapping about cars. It's not all about cars. Uh, yeah, so the, the other song... Uh, sorry, the song before is called You and the Cockroach. And it's a story about how we started from amoebas in the sea, grew up, got religion, murdered each other with nuclear missiles, and the cockroaches then took over. Right. So okay. It's good. That's good. Uh, and, but I won't tell you what happens with the cockroaches, because you want to hear it. Don't want a spoiler. No. Okay. Did you know that this guy was uh, sort of got a weird Liverpudlian perm and is white? Yeah. He does look like a scouser, doesn't he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. He looks like he would... Uh, and I don't, I don't want to be. I, don't, I mean, I'm not racist, but <laughs> <laughs> well, those people will steal anything. <laughs> no, no, that is not what I was saying. Liverpudlian people. I was going to make a comment on how this guy is white and a rapper. Uh, I <laughs> like all scouse people. Oh, it's all going wrong. Are you uh, even allowed to say scouse? Is that like saying the N word? I don't. <laughs> I'm not. Oh, shit. No. God, do you know what? We are the, the worst. Let's let's start again. So Hobo Johnson is in Hip Hop Corner. 
Yeah. Is this your little corner? Yeah, you can't come in. I don't <laughs> I don't know if I want to enter. Um, okay, new album by Hobo Johnson. What's it called? The Fall of Hobo Johnson. I've put my notes down now. All right. I'm going to move on to something else. Okay. Daniel, would you recommend The Fall of Hobo Johnson? Yeah, I wouldn't have fucking mentioned it otherwise. <laughs> Let's move on. So, you've been listening to anything new, dude? Yeah, so... I really want to get into this band called Cadaver, right? I've gone off them. So, I when we went to... Uh, start, no, well, this is the thing. We went to Sonosphere many years ago. Oh. And there was a record tent... Uh, amongst the village where you could buy food and stuff, there was a tent full of records. Do you remember? I remember. Was it Rise Above Records or something like that? I don't know. It was some. It was some labels record. Yeah, there was a massive distro with it. Yeah. 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 So the the first Cadaver album was in there, and I bought it. And when I took it home, I loved it, and I loved their logo. I loved that they were looking like they were straight out of like late sixties, early seventies. Massive flares, big beards. The recording was completely retro. It sounded authentic. I loved it. Okay. It was like Led Zeppelin had never gone past 73. So it's an aggressive name for a band like that, isn't it? I was expecting, until I saw that front cover picture, I was expecting Cadaver to be like Electric Wizard Doom. But it was far from it. Um, now, after that, I kept in touch the last couple of albums were so bad, so run-of-the-mill, so generic, so almost boring, and that's the worst thing an album can be, that I just dropped off. But then I thought, right, I'm going to... I can see they've got a couple of tracks out. By the time you listen to this, they may even have the full album out. I don't know. So you think boring is the worst an album can be? Definitely. What about racist? So you think being boring is worse than being racist? Definitely. I would rather listen to Screwdriver. <laughs> I would rather listen to Insane Clown Posse. Are they racist? No. Definitely. They hate non-clowns. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so... I've never thought of myself as part of the non-clown race before. <laughs> well, you best start. This is their fifth album that's due out. I think it's called For the Dead Travel Fast. For the Dead Travel Fast. For the Dead Travel Fast. No, one of them. Whatever you want, mate. All right, okay. Uh, Again, Nuclear Blast is the label. So, I mean, they've still got the big label behind them. I looked online and their Facebook likes were like lots and lots in the hundreds of thousands. Is this going anywhere, do you think? (laughs) Anyway, right. So, two new tracks. The Devil's Master. That's one of them. It's all right, right? Bit of a trippy stoner rock plodder. Okay. I was thinking, it's a bit better than before, but... And then, then, Dan, Children of the Night. That song has got some sort of magic class. Uh, Again, that late 60s, early 70s flavour, lots of pop melodies, uh, but it's definitely classic rock. And that band that you started to fall in love with but drifted away from with this new album of theirs called Greta Van Fleet. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you know where they were sort of heading, but it was so obviously like an infatuation with Led Zeppelin. This one just has an infatuation with that scene. The whole vibe. Yeah, rather than a particular band, which is why I think I get on with it much better. Like, if I wanted to head you in a direction of what it sounds like, Deep Purple, 
bit of Sabbath, but then you've got also Captain Beyond and Mountain. Like, them, if you know those bands, you know exactly where I'm going. I just love it. Uh, so, as well as this amazing logo that the band's got, this song, Children from the Night, I think, I think might mean that I'm back on the cadaver cause. Fair enough. Yeah, so that's that one. Should we talk about something that happened? Download. Mate, I think it's fucking awesome. I'm well happy. And that's only the first nine bands. So Kiss, I'd love to see them, just so I can say I've seen them, because you've been badgering me for 20 years to see them. Iron Maiden, when am I not going to want to see Iron Maiden? There's a lot of shit stuff in the world. Iron Maiden isn't one of them. Why would you be unhappy about seeing them for a couple of hours? And System of a Down, not a massive fan now, but I loved that first album when it came out. I'd watch them. Deftones. Fucking well good. Corn. Before, I wouldn't have given a shit. Right. But now that new album's come out, I'd like to see some of that. But I also want them to do... Do you remember when we saw the Deftones? I think it was at Sonosphere. Right. And they said, we're going to play some old stuff. And they just played loads of stuff off the first two albums. Right. Uh, I would love to see Corn do that. Come along and go, yeah, we realise we've done a few crap albums. Here's some of the new songs, but here's a shitload of the old songs. The Offspring. Yeah, good for a laugh. They'll be on sort of early evening. You'll be drunk. You can have a jump around. Away, yo, yeah, yeah. Gajira? Uh, never seen them. Haven't heard them a lot. Disturbed. Don't care. Uh, saying that, when I was... Because I'm going to go with my brother, because clearly you're never going to come. Uh <laughs> I sent it to him, and he actually said, oh, I'd like to see Disturbed because of their cover of... Sound of Silence? Yeah. Oh, my word. He oh, my it. word. I listened to it. It's all right. Pirate Metal, Owlstorm. Thank you. Black Veil Brides. I'll watch it just so I can FaceTime my daughter who likes Black Veil Brides and she can see. Right. Of Mice and Men? Don't know. You don't know them? I heard them, but I wouldn't be bothered. Daughtry. Never heard of him. Right, that's mad, right? Is that Roger Daughtry? <laughs> no. Uh, Daughtry is a weird name. I had to look it up, and like, they're one of these American bands that are sort of ridiculously massive on daytime American rock radio. Oh. Uh, so millions of likes sort of thing, but it's just one of those, right, who? In this country, it's literally who? So, yeah. I already had to watch Blackstone Cherry once. How's that? It was awful. I'm going to start. Kiss. Right? You would think, Paul, you've got a Kiss tattoo. It's the only band tattoo except your own band that you've got logoed on you. you think I'd want to watch it. That's the thoughts that are in my head right now. I... One last chance, Walla. One last chance. Do you know... Maybe. I was looking on Facebook today, as I do when I'm in the toilet for fucking six times. Yeah. Um... And someone posted Kisser doing a meet and greet thing. And I thought, oh, wouldn't it be lovely to take Waller along to <laughs> yeah. meet Gene Simmons? But it was like $1,250. Yeah. And you still have to buy a ticket to the festival as well. Unbelievable. And you get like, you can get their signature, but only stuff that you've bought from the oh, shop. Oh, that's good. Yeah, they're good. They're utter, are... utter scum. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, the thing is, right, I fucking hate Kiss. Uh, but I fucking love Kiss. And I would really hope that, like, because it's a swan song, because it's the end, 
for for the UK sort of thing. I would really hope they do what they're currently doing and just have a lot of Paul Stanley's vocals on the backing tracks because we'll be so far out watching it. You could really enjoy it still. You know, like how we were really close to Gary Newman and you could see him miming and it spoiled the whole thing. Yeah. I think being at a big festival like that, like ignoring the big screens, but just watching the spectacular Kiss show, I would want it to be like on the backing tracks. I would want to have the best time possible drinks in me just one final big dance with with you yeah this is making me thinking what's 200 quid man have you already got your ticket nope it don't come out till wednesday so okay uh, that's in the past when our listeners are listening and tomorrow for us um i'll see how much money i've got i'm maiden again what's wrong with that people say oh they've played a million times but you know, I've had a shit a million times and I still enjoy it. Now, my opinion of this is as follows. If I'm going to go and watch Iron Maiden, right, I'm not going to do what I did last time, get a good spot, make sure I can see everything. Like, I would want to be in with the, the metal heads, screaming my lungs out to every song and just having the best time. And I know the stage show at the moment is second to none. It's like an incredible stage yeah, show. Yeah, it looks fucking wicked. I hope they don't water it down. For the, I can't see them doing that, but... No, headlining a festival, no. No. So now I'm getting a bit excited, getting a few tingles. Because, you know, the rest of the bill that hasn't been announced, there's going to be like... Yeah, there's always going to be at least another 20 bands. Yeah, I was going to say exact same thing. You're looking at around 20 bands from the, from the weekend that you'd want to see. Okay, next headliner... Now, you've already told me what you thought System of Down. Now, we've had a little chat about this. It was quite aggressive from your side. My opinion of System of a Down is this, right? I think they are conning the audience. I think they don't want to do any of this except for the readies. Like, and fair enough, like millions of bands. Kiss, for example, don't want to do it except for the readies. Like, Surely Kiss have got enough money already. That you can never have enough money. Not if you're Kiss. No. Not if you Kiss. System of a Down are not Kiss, right? They're not built on um, consumerism. System of a Down have got a punk backbone to them. Do you know what I mean? They are they are not Kiss. They are not uh, in it for the money band. System of a Down haven't released an album forever. They hate each other, and they're still doing this. Yet we'll headline the festival, and I just thought. Fans are going to be walking away in their their thousands, not interested. And in fact, if I was there, I'd make sure we were on our way home. <laughs> yeah, I can't see them standing up. So, like, It's almost like the bands are on the wrong day. System of a Down should be the first headliner, then Maiden, then Kiss, or then Kiss, then Maiden. Not as the closing band of the whole festival, because that is a hard slot. You know, I walked away from Aussie last year because I was so fucking tired after three days. But this is my opinion. But then I'm looking online and all these comment sections uh, from the announcements, they're all saying, oh, system of a down. Fucking yes. The ones that aren't just going on there to rip download and just say, oh, the same line up oh, it was yeah, six years band, ago. Yeah. Right. Um, what, no, sorry, I can't believe Conan aren't fucking headlining Donington, right? What a stupid <laughs> fucking thing to say. Uh, but anyway, the, the, there is a massive audience out there, clearly, for System of a Down. Like, Download know what they're doing. I just can't believe it's there still. Can't believe it. I can see it being there, but I think they're in the wrong place. They will suffer from 
or yeah, the, from crowd fatigue. I don't think they're big enough to hold people. Last band, last day. Okay. I mean, with all the other bands, including Deftones, even though Deftones is the only other band on the the list I like so far, I'd watch them, but I'm not not too bothered. Do you know what I mean? It's just seeing that we saw them so many times when they're they're at their very height that it's never going to be the same. It's never going to be the same. But about Corn, uh, I think I'm pretty sure I saw Corn on the very first time they came to the UK. Yeah, with Poor. Yeah, because I went to see a band called Poor P A W. My memory tells me that Corn was supporting Poor, but that's not the case. So I'm wondering because I remember Corn playing, but I I must have left like halfway through Corn or something, because my whole memory of that gig is Poor. Like, really strange. So, where was it? I think it was the Astoria, from what I can remember. Again, we're going back so many years, and I've lost my flipping book full of my concert tickets. So oh, I, your little photograph. Yeah, thing. it was a little photo. Because I put all my kiss cards in, I took all my tickets out and put them somewhere, and I put all my kiss cards in to keep my kiss cards safe. Yeah. And now I can't find my tickets. It's a tragedy, I tell you. Okay, so in that case, 20 minutes ago, I was not going to this festival. I'm now going to check my bank account, and if it's there, I'm going. Fair enough. I can lend you the money. In that case, I'm going. 6% APR. <laughs> Shit. Uh, right. That's a good rate. Back to music. Number 12, Looks Like You. Do you know where they got their name from? No idea. It's an episode of... What's that American horror program? Uh, Twilight Zone. Yes. Called The Number 12 Looks Just Like You. And it's about when you're a little kid, you grow up, and then you get to a certain age, you can change your body to a more pleasing body type. And okay. Number 12 is the really popular one that everyone wants to be. And one of the lines apparently was, oh, the number 12 looks just like you. And that's where it comes from. Flipping out Facts. Stats. Where does it end with you? I don't know. There. There, yeah. Uh, I loved, uh, they had an album called Nuclear Sad Nuclear, uh, which is awesome. And I fucking loved it back in the day. That's raw, really gritty, maffy, hardcore, like proper strangled vocals, deep growly vocals, complex beauty. I really, really loved it. I'm, I'm with you on that, man. It's the only one I heard from the old times around, so I reckon I probably heard it from you anyway. I always remember the full stops on the title. That's so right. It was like, was it nuclear, sad, nuclear? Or yeah. was it the other way around? Yeah. It, it sounds like a Donald Trump tweet anyway, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, you're totally right. Go on, go on. Uh, much higher production value on this than the old ones. Uh, still very, very crazy uh, all over the place, but the, the influence is chucked in there. I know they've probably got more production money for this, but they're all over the place. Like, just bits of like, one minute it's like grindcore, then you've got black metal with violins running through it. And it used to be with this band that the the different parts of the song, like the quieter parts or the strange parts, were at the start and the end. So you'd have, they were just like, not necessarily tagged on bits, but it would be crazy bit, heavy, fast, awesome song, then crazy bit. And now it's all sort of intermingled and 
The arrangements Structs. are... Structured, yeah, the arrangements, perfect word. Bonkers. Bonkers. Very very bonkers. Like, when you would think, right, here's that they're going to do that crazy thing now. Instead, they pull up, like, clean vocals and a nice singy bit before yeah. just utterly deconstructing it and, and like your, your head's mashed up again mm. I really like it this ba- this album came out of nowhere uh, for me it's on a label I've never heard of called Overlord and they're from America New Jersey which I thought they were a European band from, uh, from way yeah. back um, so I, clearly I didn't know anything about them I just remember it being like I was into that Dillinger Escape Plan calculating infinity and then this came along and that was my like oh this there's this crazy math scene like that's that's all I knew. So to see this come up in my like uh, Spotify, like maybe you would like this section. I was like, what was this? So see these, I happy. see these as one of the last bands that I liked before it all changed and went to shitty metalcore and all that stuff. Like I like Carn Effects, but that sort of thing came it along. It took and the weird over. out. Like this band was proper weird. Yeah. And you were never going to sell a million records being this weird, but there was something about like that cookie monster vocal and like the straight ahead metalcore, like the gnarly thing, the logos, the luminous t-shirts that was really enticing to like the youth. Like they really caught onto it. And unfortunately, I guess, for, I say unfortunately, I don't 100% know, but I reckon that's why the number 12 got left behind. Did you know their bass player is called DJ Scully and he used to be on the decks in an X-Files themed rap band? <laughs> Clearly I had no idea about that. I made some of that up, but his name is DJ Scully. <laughs> <laughs> hate you. Um, my other thing, <laughs> there's a new fucking Pixies album. What, the Pixies? The Pixies. Right, I was... Uh, Doing my job, as I do, minding my own business, not talking to anyone. That's your job, that's what you on, get paid for. Getting on with the day. Uh, and a man walks in with a Pixies t-shirt. My job is to go up to people and say, do you want to buy a car? And sometimes they say yes, sometimes they say no. Uh, but I went up to him and went, oh, cool Pixies t-shirt. I haven't seen one of them in years. Uh, and we got chatting, yada, yada, yada. So, oh yeah, I do um, a podcast. Yes, I talk about all latest music that's come out. And he went, oh, so what do you think of the new Pixies album then? It's like, What? So yeah, the new Pixies album came out last month, month before, and I was like, no, no, I do a podcast. I know everything about music. So he got his phone out, showed it to me. Beneath the Irie. Ire? Ire. <laughs> Beneath the Irie. Yeah. I don't know. That's a strange word. Yeah, it's a strange word. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I have learned something today, sir, and I will bring that up on the podcast. And then he walked out and he thought, I didn't sell him the car. <laughs> yeah. Uh no, he actually said, oh, let me hear your podcast. So if you listen to this one, thanks, mate. So, yeah, this new LP, I really like it. I wasn't expecting much. Uh, misses Kim Deal a little bit because she's not there anymore. Yeah. But Black Francis, he's still there. He's the main one. There's lots of bits that you can pick out. Like, did he nick that riff from like the Doolittle album or this vocal line that like harks back to Surfer Rosa? It's very, um, very enjoyable. I only listen to the singles. Apparently they're not the good ones. Right. Okay, so you reckon this would be worth like a a hit up to our audience and to me? Definitely. If you've only heard the singles, it's a bit more of a deep, deep album than that. Well, I I listened to a review on, on a podcast I listened to and they said that they were surprised at how good, in fact, it was. 
they weren't expecting too much. Exactly right. Okay. And talking of podcasts and the Pixies, they actually did a 12-episode podcast called It's a Pixies Podcast, and it goes through each episode of the podcast goes through each song. So there's 12 songs, 12 episodes, and they talk all about the song and what it means and oh, cool. how they recorded it. it. That sounds like a really good way to discover the album. Yeah. Like, I know Frank Turner did a very similar thing with his new album, whereas you can go and listen to what one song's about and then go and listen to the song sort of thing. Great. Okay. Uh, new Pixies, Beneath the Eyrie. Give me some more fucking Pixies facts. Though. You know, he calls himself Black Francis and his real name's Frank Black. I think it's the other way around. Well, it's a long, complicated story. Right, but either way, me. neither of those are actually his name. What? His name's Charles Thompson the Fourth. That's right. It is. I was very much into uh, Frank Black's first two records after the Pixies initially split up. Was that Rape Man? No, that's Steve Albini. Oh, sorry. Uh, it was uh, the first album was called Frank Black. Uh, still on 4AD, and the second one was Teenager of the Year. And then he lost it. Like, he went all UFO again, and he did the, the single called Men in Black, I remember. And I, that's when I started drifting away uh, for that Men in Black single. So I haven't actually, apart from when Kim Deal come back and they released a one-off single called Bamfwok, I haven't actually given them a fair chance, like, a go. Um, Give it a listen, dude. All right. What's the worst that can happen? I waste half an hour that I could have been listening to status quo. Fuck. Any more listens from you this week? That's about it. I've had a busy week um, and didn't get a lot of listening done. Plus, I've been doing a lot of listening for our upcoming Black Flag. Is that the one we're going to be doing after the Beastie Boys and Black Flag? I thought that was the order we chose them in, wasn't it? It was, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then Kiss after that. All right, okay. Um, I've got one last album. Now, this week... I pretty much only listen to brand new releases. There is a record label out there called Constellation. And Constellation has two bands that I was a massive, massive fan of. First band being Godspeed Your Black Emperor. Love them. Second band being Silver Mount Zion. Again, amazing. So there we go. Uh, and when I saw that there was another band coming out on them this week called Fly Pan Am, uh, and I can't pronounce the name of the album. Can you do that? Can you speak French? C'est ça. It's so, I think that says in French. I don't know. Run it in Google Translate. Oh, oh, yeah, let's Google Translate that. Here we go. So, Fly Pan Am. Now, this band's been going for flipping ages. The late 90s, Dan. Not like Thomas Cook. <laughs> Airplane reference, right? Yeah. Excellent. So, <clears throat> I've never heard of this band before. You ever heard of Fly Pan Am? Yes. Really? Never listened to them, but I know the name. Fuck. Only because when I was little, we used to go on holiday to Florida. Pan Am was the, uh, the plane to do it on. Before that, it was Dan Air. <laughs> um, I love background music. 
Do you like background music? No, I find it distracting. <laughs> That's the opposite of what it does. Uh, right, I, I like doing my shit around the house. I like bathing, as you probably know if you listen to this uh, podcast on the reg. Uh, cooking dinner, washing up, walking the dog, that's when I get all my music listening. And sometimes if I listen to an instrumental album, like uh, the, the mix-up by the Beastie Boys, which I did recently for our upcoming episode, and also uh, for this, like I, I was like, oh, that's what I want to do. I want to listen to stuff in the background while I do stuff, and if it hooks me in, I'll listen properly. This is not a background record, man. There are some screams on here that are so black metal, that are so gut-wrenching. It, it, it's so out of place, because some of this music is utterly beautiful and, and like uh, really affecting. So what genre are you in? I was sort of imagining post-rock when you said Silver Mountain Zion and Godspeed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and you could say it is post-rock, but with sparodic black metal like stuff. Like, they scrape instruments and they scuff things up. Um, there are beautiful and tranquil mo- moments on it. But what really sticks out is that when you finish the album, you just think, fuck, that was hard work. Because it's so gnarly in places. So when I finished listening to this, I just wasn't sure what to make of it. So I listened to it again. And then I listened to it again. So I've only done three listens. So I know it's not not like an in-depth review here. But what I would say... On that third listen, I like I sort of got it, and I just think it'd be perfect for that arc tangent crowd, right? Because it is so experimental, it is so weird, and they might be just like bloody amazing live. But and this is where it gets bad for me. I just think it's a bit like Shoreditch, Hipstar, Jazz. Like, I just think you'd go into rough trade if you had one of them, like, pencil moustaches uh, <laughs> and and be like, oh, yeah, I'll get the new Fly Pan Am. It's that sort of record, I think. You know, it's the guitarist from Godspeed, you Black Emperor's band. Is it really? Yeah. I did not know that, no. I didn't know that. Uh, I'm, I don't know what to make of it. Three listens in, I'm still not sure. Um, I, I would say, if you're going to do just a, a quick, uh, I'll just give them a whirl, go for one hit wonder. And you'll just see what I mean. It's bloody mental. Would you watch them live? Definitely. Would you buy a T-shirt? If they were good live, yeah. Like, they're not... I'm not trying to put you off. I'm just saying, for me, it wasn't a pleasurable listening experience. But what's that song you recommend? I'm going to listen to that on the way home. One Hit Wonder. It'll it'll take you all over the shop. All, All sorts of gamuts it visits. And with that... Welcome, welcome, welcome to the final part of Mastodon. Oh, Mastodon, that's been good, hasn't it? We've had really good time doing this one. I, and uh, This is my favourite section of Mastodon's career, as you will hear in a moment, and as I've been saying each week, so it's not a spoiler. Um, I was inserting the songs for this, so I've already we've already recorded it, spoiler, and then I was inserting the songs. And listening to them all again... It's just so joyful, Dan. They're so good. Now I want to listen to Mastodon on the way home. Well, do this. Do One Hit Wonder by Fly Pan Am. And then uh, just do what the fuck you want. Go home. <laughs> Fair enough. Sometimes, when I'm, on, when I'm on the way home from here, I have to drive home like really, really slow just so I've got more time to pump out some tunage. There, I, I, do you think people do that? Do you think people listen to this and then actually 
flip over and have a listen to uh, what we've been talking about. I hope so. Well, that's how I got into Ghost, listening to um, That's Not Metal talk about rats when that came out. I, do you know, Dan from Condra, actually, we've turned him onto a couple of bands. So, yeah, people must do. Okay. Thanks, guys. Thanks out there. Any any final words before we mastodon it up? No, I think we just get straight into mastodon. Here we go. Welcome to this, the next part of the Different Times podcast chat about Mastodon. Yes, I said it, Dan. Mastodon. Well done. Yeah. So now we get to the part of Mastodon that I fucking really enjoy. Their commercial years. He's calling them fucking sellouts. Not at all. Because they are sellouts. They left Reprise (laughs) and they jumped ship and they went to Roadrunner Records to release... Reprise is a major, though. Come on. But think about Mr. John Reprise. Oh, no, Mastodon are gone. How am I going to feed my cat and my dog? Good point. Johnny Reprise must be bloody sad. Anyway, The Hunter came out September 2011. September 27th. Was it? I made that in my notes. Was that your birthday? No, September the 8th, my birthday. I'm shit at your birthday. I've missed it for the last five years at least. Right. doesn't matter. Got to number 10 in the Billboard charts. That's good, isn't it? That's, that's better than good. Uh, new producer for this one, Mike... El Zinodiogo. Perfectly pronounced. Yeah. Um, which is a bit bonkers because he wrote, I'm the real Shim Shady, please stand up, please stand up. This is mad, right? His production stuff. Maroon 5. Yeah. Stormzy. Yeah. Worked with Stormzy. Uh, the only other heavy thing I could find that he's worked with was um, Avenged Sevenfold. Right, okay. Which still isn't really even on the same heavy spectrum as Mastodon. No, mad. The sound of the album itself, like I say, is fucking awesome. Like this pop producer, um, he's got a really big, slick sound going on. A big step forward from um, Crack the Sky, especially vocally as well. And the structure of the songs is, they're not pop songs, but they're just that bit more tuned to repeating hooks and getting the drawing. off of that prog pedal, it's still there and you can... You can tell in places that they've not given up on it. Yeah, less definitely less proggy and more riffy. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think up to this point, um, if someone said, what's Mastodon, who wasn't a heavy metal person, this is what I'd say. Yeah, you would do, would you like go yeah. to one of these tracks and say like, yeah, go have a listen to this album. For me, I would say, listen to the first three tracks on this album and... That that's the band. That's the band that I wanted to see when we went and saw them. Fair enough. Okay. Did you know this has got the first full brand song as well? So he wrote and sung the whole shebang uh, called "The Creature Lives." Not at all. Didn't know. Yeah. I'm gonna have another listen. It's not the best song on the album. <laughs> it's like uh, the beginning is just like a load of weird theremin synthesizer sort of sounds. Yeah, I know the one. Like, and it's all right. It's all right, and it does sort of but stink a bit of oh, look at this cool stuff. Let's use this for an intro. I'm down with that. If it's Brian, I'm down. Fair enough. Uh, did you know it was called the Hunter to honour 
Brett Hines's brother, who was actually killed in a hunting accident uh, as they were writing and recording it. I did not know this. Yeah, that's I just am, sad, am, isn't I it? I need to read up. I'm letting you down. Sorry. That's all right. I can do it. I can do it. Give me more facts, Dan. This is the album that they actually dumped the artist for. Uh, they dumped Paul Romano, who had done all their previous right. album artwork, and went for AJ Fossick. And the artwork on the front, you know, it's that cool, like, is it a bull's head with like Didn't four like mouths? It time, love it now. Yeah, that's called Sad Demon Oath. Really? Which is also my new band. <laughs> <laughs> there is a ton of, like, uh, artwork out there, very similar to the front cover. So I guess they must have had a few different. Apparently, it's a sculpture. Oh really? So, yeah. Yeah, because it looks like it's done just the same thing from different angles. So that must be what it is then. Yeah, like their backdrop is slightly different from around this time, but the same thing, but slightly different. And then like there was a, a, an alternate cover or uh, a, a magazine feature which had an alternate cover on there. So yeah, uh, and that was about the amount of research I've done on this, just looking at that front cover because I thought actually that's not a shit. That's really good. Um, and the more you look at it, the more you see in it. Like that initial thing when you looked at it, I just thought, hmm, this seems like it could be a potential sellout. Like it's a very striking bump picture. The first single is that. The video's got bums wobbling about, you know, like female body. Uh, <laughs> yeah, do you know what I mean? I just thought, oh, what's going on here? I didn't really get it uh, until I got it. Yeah, definitely, definitely hear that they're going for a more commercial sound, whether that's just natural or... Roadrunner said, be more commercial. Nah, man. You can't see them there. selling no, out, can you? This is all messed up. They're proper fellas. Yeah, proper fellas. Uh, my song, I got Blasteroid. song uh track starts with a nice sort of uplifting dual guitar-y willy willy bit and they're harmonizing with each other uh then blasts off into an awesome uplifting vocally i don't know if it's a chorus or the verse but they're both as good as each other they are first is uh really cool and uplifting and then it comes into a chorus if it is the chorus which is like really aggressive screamed vocals that sort of brings to mind do you remember that song Elite off White Pony by the Deftones don't talk to me about White Pony it's like the fourth song on White Pony it's really aggressive and really talks about bleeding out of like that in one point is that the one yeah okay. good song good song uh, yeah it's got that level of intensity for me and then they come straight out of it again into this bouncy uplifting chorus as if like no one had ever fingered their bum it, it, it's one of those songs that after, so I think that's track three. Yeah, uh, it's three or four, but so early you, on you in get, the album. You get those first two, do you just think, fucking hell, that's killer. And then they do that to you, so it is definitely track three, actually. 
So you've got them first two, which are just like thunder, thundering out. Uh, black tongue, curl of the burl, uh, I think. Hang on, let me just double check. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Uh, so you've got black tongue, you've got curl of the burl, and then you just think, fucking hell, like there, there's that extreme but catchy black tongue. You've got the pop hooks in curl of the burl, and I'm, instantly I'm like, wow. And then they pull out like the, the thrasher of, of the album, I would say. Um, uh, Blastoid, I didn't realise how good it was until I listened to it recently for this. Like, what a way to kick off an album. And that probably is down to my own stupidity because when I listened to it when it came out, I would always shuffle it. I was into my shuffle phasing. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> like you just got an iPod shuffle. Pretty much. And I was just like, well, as my usual dickhead rules are, a song should be good enough to be pulled out and listened to. So I was just doing that, randomly listening to all the tracks on it. When I would listen to it, I didn't turn my shuffle on, off. So it was just listen to it as it came. When you put it in order, fucking hell. Winner. Anything else about Blastroid? No, what song did you get? Well, Daniel, I got the finale. And it's my least favourite song on the album, but it's still proper good. Uh, called The Sparrow. Uh, it's a really slow burn one in the same way as Fade to Black by Metallica. And I feel like it does everything that song does, but just not as good. But what does it as good as Fade to Black? Do you know what I mean? They seem to invent that uh, Metallica. And like, what's the point? Like, you can have a stab at it, but you're not going to get there. isn't and this is it's very sleepy and very tranquil peaceful you know it's quite trippy um i like that about that but as i say it's far from my favorite and my thought is they don't do it very well this for me when it got there i thought oh, i don't need this i'm hyped up on this album i don't need a lullaby to send me to sleep at the end i get that yeah i get that and listen to some more crack 
Well, maybe we'll get that on the next record. Um, what I, all, all I would say, right, is that this record, for me, and I know it's not the same for a lot of fans, because as we've cracked the sky, this isn't a fan favourite. Um, but I came to this band quite late, as did you, um, and I got there from the pop songs. Yeah, did looking you? at it... Yeah, oh, definitely. Looking at it from... I'm the guy who got into this on remission. You could see why he wouldn't like it and think they'd sold out, can't you? Because it's like a world away from that now. Yeah. But they yeah. seem more, to me, like a band that you you would have grown with and everything's good enough, even though it's different, to keep you, even if they just become your like side band that you're not telling all your mates, oh, I fucking love Mastodon, but you've just got a place in your heart for them always. Like with Iron Maiden, like when we first made friends, it was probably like four years before we both sort of like stood out, yeah, I like Iron Maiden. And he'd just sort of gradually been I'll put it this keeping way. up with it over the years. If you had a Mastodon t-shirt, would you wear it? Yeah. You're not embarrassed by them? No. So, that that's that's it. No, I want a yeah. Mastodon t-shirt. They're not a guilty pleasure. Like, they deserve their status and where they are. Um, I, I, well, I, but I have got this odd thing. So, w- with each of these records, I've watched a live performance on YouTube. And for this one, it was a, a full performance of them playing Pink Pop Festival uh, in 2014. Now, they played uh, Blasteroid as well. So, when that came on, I looked up from the computer, writing my notes or whatever, and I just watched that performance on its own. The crowd was bored as fuck. Bored during that song. And the band look bored. I don't know what's going on there. I don't know why, but they they are noodling themselves, you know, like and like there's the odd head bang here and there but they don't seem into it. Whether you can't play that technically and jump about the stage or whatever, and they're not a band to jump around really anyway, but the crowd just not getting involved. Like, just sitting down, like, around the edges and, like, looking yeah, but, at the sun. And... Uh, yeah, that's exactly my point. Look at the time of day they're playing. Mastodon are a band to watch at night or in a dirty, sleazy bar or at Brixton Academy like when we saw them at Sonosphere, they don't come across well as a main stage during the middle of the day sort of thing. You'd want to see them when the sun's gone. Well, I'll tell you what, now this we've done this, and we're, like, we're, we're coming to the end now, two albums to go, I, I'm up for watching them. And after that performance when we saw them, I was not up for ever seeing them again because I was pretty bored. Like, I thought it was all right. But, you know, this is, this is a, a now legend band. And again, I would wear their T-shirt. I'm, I'm proud uh, to love the songs that I love of theirs. But fucking hell, man. See a crowd that bored. Strange. So, next. Once more times round the sun. Yeah, you've chosen the mother load of albums here, Dan. Sorry, mate. That was good. That was really funny. Uh, once more <laughs> round the sun. Sixth LP. That's the mother load. Of, oh. uh, <laughs> Love it. Sick LP, June 2014, uh, on Reprise Records again. This one got to number six on the Billboard charts. 34,000 in the first week. That's 
tons. It's quite a lot. That's good for the, for this time around. If you remember, Metallica at this period was selling fourteen copies <laughs> per week. So well done, well done, Mastodon. Uh, for me, the Hunter seemed to push more into the mainstream. That was like proper. Yeah, it's the first time I took notice of them. Whereas this musically seems to have taken a bit of a regression to what the Hunter was, rather than a progression. To yeah. quote Alan Partridge, it's revolved, not evolved. Um, before we do anything, before you read the facts, before you give us the facts, Dan, when you saw the front cover of this, did it anger you? No, why would it? Because it's not like all the other front covers of of Mastodon. It is like bright and punchy and like garish to look at. Um, it's not cohesive in the same way. There's no technicalness about it like there is in all the other ones. Uh, even the Hunter had like a that technically um, pleasing to look at mask. You know, it it really does. I hadn't even thought of that. I've only seen it on little on my iPhone because I haven't got this on. <laughs> I haven't got it on the vinyl. Or all right. CD. Well, maybe we'll come back to that. Right. Okay. Give me some stats and facts, mate. I didn't get any about this one. Oh fuck's sake! I think it's a a regression, a going back a bit to more of their previous stuff than The Hunter. Like, maybe Hunter wasn't so well-received, so they thought, oh, we better go back to being a bit more maffy and a bit more proggy. Um, saying that, there's only two songs over six minutes and none of them are over eight. Production-wise is where I think this album fails. You don't agree? Go on. I find it very flat. Um, I've listened to it quite a few times and the production doesn't let any of the riffs stick out and stick into my head. Like the only bit that I can really remember that really sticks with me. And I did listen to it quite a lot of times is the song we're going to talk about the Motherload. That's, and that, that is memorable in spite of the production. Uh, it was done by a chap called Nick, something or another. Yeah, Nick, Nick something. Rasculintes or something. I can't read that. His handwriting is two weeks old and it was bad then. <laughs> uh, who, to be fair, has done the Foo Fighters one by one, Stone Sour, uh, Deftones, Alice in Chains, Devil Put the Dinosaurs Here, and... Oh, that's got a great sound to it. Has it? No. Whether you like it or not, that's got a great sound. Well, the one that made me go, I'm right, is he also did Infantesium by Ghost, which is my least favourite Ghost album, and I don't like the production on that either. That's my shocked sound effect. It was quite shocking. I think the riffs need to be clear on this. I think it could do with going back and just punching it up a bit more. I'm shocked by all this. Like, uh, especially mentioning Stone Sour on this podcast. Never do that again. That was bad, wasn't it? Sorry. Um, sorry out there, listeners. So this... I, I can't agree, Dan. I bought this on the vinyl. So obviously the mastering is different. But fucking Seagull. That ain't going to be that different. Well, no, but there is a subtle difference. Uh, and maybe that subtle difference is enough for me to, to not notice what you're talking about. Also, I haven't got like the, a kick-ass, like top-notch um, record player. But. It sounds as punchy as everything else I've got. So I, I listened to this on, on the vinyl um, in preparation. But when I read about it, I remembered that High Road uh, came out first. 
Remember that High Road the single? Well, and that was uh, the, the High Road single was the one that sort of made me go right. What I liked about the Hunter, this this is picking it up further. This is alienating like those early Mastodon fans because the it, the choruses are so huge. The songs are a lot shorter, less complex, and just more easy to love. And for me, the production just like went alongside it. I actually heard this uh, for the first time on the Radio 1 rock show on a Sunday night or whatever, whenever it was. Daniel Picata. Daniel Picata. Legend. And I, I just fell in love with it and, and wanted to know more about the album. And then I think we should talk about it. So we both got the, the same song on this. It had to happen sooner or later. You mentioned it earlier. We got The Motherload. Production aside, Dan, what do you think of that song? I love it. I really love the poppiness. And it totally shows the producer wanted to take him towards that poppier Foo Fighters sort of thing. You can tell it was him dragging it out of them and probably cutting their songs down and saying, you know, I'll do it like this, you know. First course, first course. Proper production yeah, job. Yeah, take out these bits that are long and complicated and make yourself a pop song and... Well, not a pop song, but like a Foo Fighters type heavy rock song. Yeah, as Foo Fighters y as Mastodon can get. And like, Motherload is a perfect example of that. Awesome hooky chorus, just not punchy enough. And what I want to do is on the just to compare how, for me, because I, I understand you don't like the fact that I'm slagging off the production here, but if you compare it, this song, to the song you got for the next album yeah uh, you got steam breather didn't you i did they're a similar sort of song cool opening riff punchy chorus you just listen to that first riff if you play the two first riffs one after the other right steam breather will leap out at you and grab you far more than the mother load okay well we'll do that right now See what I mean? Well, we haven't actually done it, Dan. I can't <laughs> tell you. Like that's going in in post. Unfortunately, we can't listen to uh, uh, the actual music you're hearing there right now. But I'm still not going to believe it. I might do if it's really obvious to me when I mix all this together. I will like jump in and say, "Daniel's a cunt," <laughs> and, and right. Uh, right. So the motherload. 
seen the video to the mother load? Yes. What the fuck? Women's bottoms. Again, does that come from the production, the record company pushing them to say we're going to make it a commercial? Or did they want bums in it? When I saw it, I thought they're, uh, of course they're not like that. Again, me thinking hardcore style and like their roots of, um, like even though today's the day, that's not hardcore, but you know what I mean? They're, They're coming from the time when that's all I was in. And you would never dream in a million years yeah, of having ethics. A, but at the same time, I just thought it was some sort of comment against it. Maybe yeah, maybe a comment a, against current uh, current musical trends and things like that. Like because there wouldn't be like that. And I, I I read up on it, and they did say it was meant to be like a, a parody uh, of shit videos around at the time. But they didn't say that beforehand. You know, not until. Like the internet got up into a stink, did they say that? So I don't know, I'm on the fence. Like, now, I mean, it's called twerking. Like, I know I sound like a, a, a 400 year old man right now, um, but I fucking hate twerking. Makes me feel a bit physically sick. I don't care how beautiful your bum is. Like, twerking just makes me want to vomit. And even when Miley Cyrus does it. Even when Miley Cyrus does it. Even when, Dan. Even when. Didn't I can't stand it. Didn't she cover Metallica or something recently? Something fucking horrible. Yeah. Yeah, she did. If you'd said, if you'd said to me, Paul, we're going to talk about Miley Cyrus covering <laughs> Metallica, I would have like uh, listened to it, but I didn't. I'm sorry. Okay. Either way, I don't want to watch women doing that, uh, whether it's uh, a comment of it or not. Just like the way I don't want to watch videos of animals suffering. Uh, like... Yeah, if I want to see naked not. butts, I'll go. I'll skip Mastodon videos and just go straight to Pornhub. <laughs> Too fucking right. Uh, right, okay. You know, uh, you're going to be knocking it out to, to the women in the Mastodon video, and then suddenly a man with a big moustache is going to come on. It's it's just, uh, if you're going to knock one out, just watch an old Mastodon video. Yeah. Right, okay. Next. Uh, oh, any, anything, right. Fuck, fuck, before we go next, this album cover... It opens up the gatefold thing, and the more interesting side is the front cover and the very back cover. It's like it, a dragon, isn't it's it? It's one long, I don't know what it is. Like, yeah, it's sort of like a Chinese dragon, but nothing like a Chinese dragon. Um, I fell in love dragon? with it, mate. This is my favorite Mastodon album. Really? My favorite. Bar, bar none, son. Bar none. Is that why you started to get a bit aggy when I said I didn't like it? Well, yes, uh, the, and I, I've, the production, I've never noticed it not being anything but great, so I will now go back to it thinking that, and if you're <laughs> right, if you fucked this for me, like, I also like the fact that Mastodon fans, like, see, this is their career plummet, the, the worst thing that they've done, like, that's crazy to me, that's absolutely crazy, you buffoons. Yeah, it's probably my you. least favourite, and that's without knowing that the others thought that too although it does have awesome songs on it so it's difficult to me i think the whole album is unbalanced as well so they're either in full-on prog prog maffy metal mode yeah or in foo fighters mode and they don't seem to make up the mind you keep saying foo fighters mate and it's upsetting me it, don't you like the foo fighters i understand where you're going like i understand what you're saying but it's like Mastodon doing Foo Fighters. You can't take the Mastodon out of Mastodon. Uh, it's still there. Like, 
Foo Fighters is one thing. Like it's com- completely commercial pop, and they were born that way. Uh, sorry, commercial rock. Whereas Mastodon are not birthed of that same thing. They they are metal, uh, and it's a metal band treading into that territory for me. I, I get where you're going, but I, I honestly, I'm I'm going to walk out of here in a minute. So <laughs> <laughs> fucking stop it! It's your house. <laughs> you can't walk out. I'm moving out. I'll be in your house by myself. Uh, let's go to the next record, and it's the final record of oh. this. What a pleasant time we've had talking about Mastodon. I'm sad that we're coming to the end, but it my favourite. This is unbelievable, Dan. Take us away. We have, from March 17, on Reprise Records, Emperor of Sand. Do you know who produced it? Kurt Ballou. Almost. If I said the name Brendan O'Brien, would that ring any bells? Brendan O'Brien? He did my favourite album of all time. Red Hot Chili Peppers. No, that was another favourite album of all time. <laughs> uh, because that was Rick Rubin. Yeah, it was. And um, Pearl Jam Versus. All right. But he has done the Chili Peppers, uh, the more modern ones. Soundgarden, Rage Against the Machine. Oh, fucking hell. Incubus, one of your personal favourites. Right. And Pantera. Which Pantera do you know? I could know by looking at Google. Ah, fuck that. Um, the production on this is perfect. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> For me. Oh. Like I said, uh, the riffs on this just fucking come out and grab you by the balls and swing you around the head. They are absolutely awesome. And the vocals are diamonds. They're absolutely beautiful. It's my favourite thing on this record is the vocals. Yeah. Definitely. And I can see um, them in the studio, Brendan O'Brien, getting the same out of them and doing the same thing to Eddie Vedder back when he was recording verses. You can just hear that extra bit of effort put in, that extra note reached. This is the um, the first album of theirs that I was actually um, actively like knowing what was coming out, like um, it wasn't a shock to see, like it was when the High Road song came out. I wasn't like, oh, this is good. Because I like I was expecting it to be good. And the first track came out and it was good. And like the, the album artwork then was revealed and it was good. Uh, and the album itself was good. But I remember it didn't make my top 20 that year. Or if it did, it was at number 20. Like it was something that was completely your thing, this album. I remember you fell in love with it. Like, solid, like, heart, this is my album. Not the band heart, just your heart. Uh, yeah, do you remember that, how deeply in love with this you fell? Yeah, and um, fair enough, I know uh, we talked about it earlier, I went on holiday to Ingleton in Yorkshire last week, uh, and we listened to this all the way there. Loved it. Um, and Will's got into it as well. He loves Show Yourself. Well, this is, right, Show Yourself, right, is my missus's pet hate. Really? Comes on, she'll turn that off. And also... But she likes fleet foxes. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, mm. there's a difference there. Um, let's talk about Show Yourself. Did you get Show Yourself? Yeah. Oh, right. In that case, you talk about Show Yourself. I'll chip in. Well, I've got something else to tell you. I've got on. We're no. going to need to re-record this whole fucking podcast. Go on. We know we've been calling him Bram. 
Yeah. His name's Braun. Or Bron. What? Like Braun Flakes? <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. Uh, yeah. I was watching the documentary and they were going, oh yeah, Braun did this, Braun did that. And it suddenly like occurred to me. Oh no. Shit, I've been saying his name wrong the whole time. So anyway, uh, Braun didn't originally want to sing this <laughs> Call song. Call him Bran, please. Bran didn't originally want to sing this uh, song. He said it was too simple and too poppy. Uh, but eventually Bill, who wrote the song, uh, sort of changed his mind. Uh, yeah. and it, it is a simple pop song. Yeah, they, uh, they ended up doing it. album is actually pretty sad and depression it's about someone who's got cancer and has to go and have chemotherapy and living and dying and mortality and all that sort of stuff well when you get the the mastodon albums and like the the plethora like their whole catalogue so you dig deep in that whole thing everything is sort of negative everything is downbeat but there's always that shining light that hopefulness running through it but uh, and i do remember the interviews like them saying exactly that it is like a bummer like they get to it that the the concept itself is a bummer but they always sort of like navigate their way through to the the end game where even if like with cancer the end game is you know uh reflection and um a contemplation and, and remembrance or whatever uh, it, that's a positive they've taken from that you know, it's they they're not like Joy Division where it's just bummer, 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 bummer. Um there there is hope, I, I think, through throughout it. Oh definitely. It's very uplifting. The whole album raises my spirits. I love it. But is it too is it too, now this I know you loved it then, but th- th- this is two years on, is it? Yeah, two years on now. Do you still love it now? Yeah, like I said, I just drove to Ingleton in Yorkshire listening to it. Is there a shit bit on it? No. Jesus. Well, there's not for me. Okay. Honest, just straight up honesty, love it all. Here's a nice another Mastodon fact. Bran names all the albums. Does he? And Troy never likes them to start with, much like when you name something and I think, fucking idiot, why have we called it that? What a dick. And then I end up going, yes, Homosexual Love Ballads is a genius <laughs> album title. <laughs> Emperor of Sand, right? I fucking, I don't like that title. I didn't like the front cover. I look at it, uh, every time I look at that front cover, I get a bit more annoyed with it. Like I see bits that I didn't see before. And normally like with Seventh Son of a Seventh Son or with Somewhere in Time, if I'm thinking like one of the old podcasts we did about Maiden, where you always discover little bits and you think, oh, that's awesome. This I discover bits and I think, oh, that's made it even worse. (laughs) I, I, I just don't dig it. Also, like, I got the track Steam Breather. Really 
best song on the album. Yeah, you said this. So I, I that made me go, right, because I, I can't remember any of this, and I listened to it a ton back in the day. Yeah, that and Show Yourself are both incredible. So, right, okay, so I, I, I listened to the whole thing through, and I was getting bored all the way through. But then I think, apart from the one that I've just listened to so many times now, I know every nuance with Once Around the Sun... Like, I think they're just, as we've said before, they're not a band you can just like listen to and go, oh, yeah, I fucking love that. That's that's brilliant. You've yeah, got to give it time. Took me, I was initially drawn in by Show Yourself, obviously, which made me love it, and then listened to the rest of it. And Steam Breather, the vocals and that, the chorus, I am afraid of myself. And, right. Uh, that was just like, wow, that's fucking brutal and honest. And you said this, Matt. I song, saw... It's just sung amazingly. I listened quite a few times. Once you said that to me, and, and you said exactly pretty much what you just said there, I was like, right, he's getting something out of that that means a lot to him. And I just found it sort of like one of those things that, oh, that just fits, we'll put it in there. It, don't, it didn't hook me in. Like, I don't see it even as a hook. I can see exactly what... Or my interpretation of it and why it sort of strikes in at me is he's saying he's afraid of himself, which, like, on the face of it, I see what you mean. Like, oh, that's just like, oh, emo boy lyrics sort of thing. But then then I think about why he might be saying that and you think, oh, right, well, the album's about cancer, like, is, is the main thing. And I think the same thing. I'm afraid of myself because I'm damaging my body by drinking so much and smoking so much. It like sort of made the hairs on my neck stick up and be like, maybe he's also a functioning alcoholic. <laughs> well, I'm afraid of myself. This is ruined. This song by, uh, now don't get cross, right? But we're going to play a little bit here. Have a listen. See if you know what I'm going to say. Is it the No, that is great. Right, that is great. What and that's the like my favourite bit. So each half of a verse, right, it's broken up with this half ass solo. Every time it happens, no meandering, meandering, perfect, <laughs> beautiful meandering. It's just like you know how Kerry King is either the best guitar player in the world or the worst, just because he goes and like, what the fuck was that about? Like, fantastically, you can do it and it fits and it works. Well done. But what's the point? With this is the opposite. It's like just oh yeah, just gonna do this. Uh, what do you think, guys? Oh, had you started? Oh, let's just keep that. No. Uh, yeah, that's how I feel about that. I do. I feel it totally oh, spoils it. I love the it. way it comes out and leads into the the vocals. So the folk, the um, right at the beginning, it does it, doesn't it? And then it's, it's working outside the NASCAR lines. I don't think it's NASCAR lines. <laughs> Please, do, let's just leave that in. Uh, NASDAQ lines, or what? You know the ones that are mysterious in like Mexico or somewhere. And just the way the solo yes. trails off into it sounds 
just gives it that, like you can see them standing on top of like a desert mountain, like looking down. Better than Slash playing guitar on a mountain. Oh, but no, it's not. So, right. I think we need to wrap it up, mate. We've, we've disagreed severely with these last two. But we haven't hit each other yet. No. Well, I almost left my own house. <laughs> uh, I want to know, because the most important thing to me is the, the, the aesthetic. I'm not bothered about any music. I haven't been bothered about music for years. So what's the best album cover, do you think, that Mastodon have? Um, This one. Yeah? You, you, yeah? The one that I dislike the most. Yeah. So, yeah. It's nice, it's bright, it's quite orange. I, well, I'm going to go for Once Around the Sun because it's just so unusual. But I, I think I've got to give props to Leviathan. Um, I've seen the whole painting. Uh, if you go to uh, Jason's studio in Minster, Jason Fry, it's called Century Audio. Ah. I see. Uh, that cut that you just uh, didn't hear then meant that we couldn't think of the name of Century Audio for a long time. Um, Jason has, like, the full picture of the Leviathan cover on it, and it's really spe something special. Like, for me, you look at the front cover of the, the vinyl or, or the CD, and you can see that the whale is the main focus. But if you look at the picture as a whole, it's not. It's just an element of this painting. Uh, it's quite quite something it's really incredible and uh, i'm sure it'll be on google somewhere so look it up um end of the day for me mastodon mastodon sorry one last time mastodon i think that they are worthy contenders i think they're boring to watch live i've yet to be blown away live see i want to go back to that i want to see them live again now that i know the songs yeah, you think that might make a difference? Definitely. Okay. Let's be hypothetical as a final thought, Daniel. You've got Download Festival. Have I? Mastodon headlining. Yep. Is that ridiculous to you? Yeah. Main stage, I don't think they're quite there yet. Although I think that if they keep on the trajectory they're on, uh, they could be. But definitely second stage. Which is fucking massive still. Yeah, yeah. M main support, I can see. I just can't see him as headlining myself. Just I like think that. they will be there when Metallica die. Yeah, you think there'd be no choice. So they'll, they'll get there by default. Yeah. <laughs> fucking hell. When I Maiden are gone. All right, guys. Thank you so much for listening to uh, this uh, Mastodon special over three different episodes of Different Times podcast. Again, we're not experts. We're just uh, throwing our opinions out there. Uh, but Daniel, obviously, he always gets the final say on these things. Always. And so for his final thought and the cherished one of these two people that you're listening to, Daniel. I'm afraid of myself. I'm afraid of myself, I'm afraid of myself.